dear child of God, what do you dream about in your loveliest dreams? Do you dream about flying high or rainbows reaching across the sky? Do you dream about being free to do what your heart desires or being treated like a whole person? Do you know what God dreams about? If you look close with your eyes, look with your heart, I am sure, dear child, that you will find out. This is a book by Desmond Tutu called God's Dream. It's a children's book. And in it, he asks a very important question of us all. Do you know what God dreams about? We see dreams in scripture and in our own lives. And the purpose of dreams in scripture are not just to give us an idea of fairy tales or the weird things that happen in our lives or the way things might be. But in scripture, God uses dreams as a prophecy. We see that with Joseph in the Old Testament, God comes to Joseph in a dream and gives Joseph a dream for what life will be like. And then Joseph in the New Testament, the father of Jesus, God also comes to that Joseph in a dream and tells that Joseph, you will be the father of the son of God. It seems as though God uses dreams to talk to us about a reality that is maybe different than the one that we can imagine for ourselves. A reality that's not about us or about what we want, but instead about what God desires. I often say that God may not have bigger dreams than I do, but God certainly has better dreams than I do. We are in a sermon series called Yesterday, Today, and Forever that is taken from Hebrews 13, 8 that says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today, we are talking about that word, today. Now, it might seem odd to you. Why would we talk about today and be talking about dreams? Dreams often talk about the future. But it seems as though to me, there is this important intersection between the present and the future. Meaning if we want something, if we have a dream for something to happen in the future, then it is oftentimes most important to be looking at that today. To be looking at what we should be doing today. One of my favorite authors is a man by the name of Henry Nouwen, and he wrote a small book called In the Name of Jesus, where he talks about this idea of the present and the future and of the importance of both. He says in it, I realized that it was far from easy to come up with a sane perspective on Christian leadership for the 21st century. I also wondered how it would be possible to look ahead of me into the new century. When I considered that nobody in the 1950s could have foreseen the situation of most pastors and churches today. This was written at least 30 years ago. I also came to see that the more willing I was to look honestly at what I was thinking and saying and doing now, the more easily I would come into touch with the movement of God's spirit in me, leading me into the future. God is a God of the present and reveals to those who are willing to listen carefully to the moment in which they live the steps they are to take toward the future. God is a God of the present and reveals to those who are willing to listen carefully the steps they take forward into the future. 
Do you see that interplay between the present and the future? God is a God of the present looking to speak to us today in order to lead us in to the future. We have this important vision for the church of today. One that was built long before now. One that has 50 years of heritage at Christ United Methodist Church. But for today, if we are not listening to the vision and the call and the dream of God today, we might not be able to see a clear vision of where God is calling us in the future. So I'm going to read you a scripture today by this very tiny, tiny book in our scripture called Habakkuk. It's not often read. And I was talking to Pat earlier today uh, and she said, I've only heard one other sermon on Habakkuk, but it's one of my favorite very tiny books in the Bible. It's part of the minor prophets, the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. And it has a word for us about dreams and about vision. So let's listen for God's word that is found for us in Habakkuk chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. One of the reasons this is one of my favorite scriptures is that it talks about vision, but there is this whole setup to talking about this vision. So Habakkuk is a prophet during a time of great longing. And in these three very brief chapters in the book of Habakkuk, there is this sense of weariness, this sense of longing, this sense of exhaustion by the prophet. When, O oh God, will you come and deliver your people? How long, O oh Lord, should we wait? How long? until we see your dream instead of this reality that we're living in. And so what we see is this open doubt of God. And then we also hear God's response. We hear the weariness and the complaint. And what will he answer concerning my complaint? Then the Lord answered to me, write the vision. Write the vision. What we see about the prophet Habakkuk at the very beginning is in the very first verse, it says, I will stand at the watch post. I will stand at the watch post. This is a very intentional, deliberate position in place for the prophet to be standing. He's not laying in bed waiting for God to come and deliver him. He is not asleep hoping that God will come to him a dream, but instead he is waiting at a watch post. In other words, at a lookout. It says something to us today about hearing God's dream and how we hear God's dream. Are we able to hear God's vision for us if we are not positioned in a way to hear from God? In our own lives and as a community of faith, are we positioned in a way that we can hear God? Have you heard yourself say the phrase before, well, that's not my place. Well, that's just not my place. Well, if that is not your place or if it's not my place... Do we know what is our place? Do we know what is ours to do? 
If we want to hear from God, if we want to live out that vision, we have to position ourselves in a way to hear and to see the vision. So it says, I will stand at the watch post, station myself on the rampart. Now, another image here is that this is not just of a watch place, but this is like a lighthouse. This is a place where the view is up high. So the prophet Habakkuk is not just looking at things from a watch post, from a place where you can see things, but instead from a high view, like a lighthouse or a tower, I will stand at a high point of a tower so that I can see the entirety of the vision. It makes me wonder today if God's vision includes a fuller picture. Not just one for today or for tomorrow, but one that is the long view. No, I'm not just talking about a, a, a town in East Texas. No, the long view. What I believe God's vision is about is not just short term. It's the long view. And the prophet Habakkuk goes to this high place so that he can see not only what's right in front of him, but instead see the entire full picture. God's dream is better than our dream because God often can see way more than we can see. Just like that beautiful song that we just listened to, I am the canvas and the clay. You are the artist and the potter. If God is an artist painting a picture of our life and a dream of what this community could look like. How much of that picture are we seeing? Are we positioned in a way to see it? Are we stationed looking far enough out into the future, be able to see what God is saying and doing for us? So God's answer to them, God's answer to Habakkuk is write the vision. These are very clear words. Write the vision. Don't just hear it. Don't just receive it. Write it down. Write the vision. One of the things that God says to us in this very clear, short verse is that a vision is something that is clear. A vision is something that is memorable. A vision is something that you can write down, articulate, and be able to pass on. The vision is not just for us to hear one Sunday in one ear and for it to go out the ear the next day and for us to go on with our lives. But instead, it is something for us to put in front of us over and over and over again. Write the vision. Put it in front of you so that at every moment of your life, as you are building that firm foundation that we talked about, are you seeing that vision of what God has for you in front of you leading you and guiding you every direction and every step of the way. And then finally, God says, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. So this is actually very literal as well, so that a runner may read it. Not somebody, you may think of a billboard, somebody kind of going by. This is why it's so clear and bright. When you want letters or words on a billboard, you want them to be big enough for people to be, to be able to see it on the run. This is what the prophet Habakkuk is talking about when he is talking about God's vision. Make it clear enough so that a runner may read it and run with it. Oftentimes, I think when we get a vision from God or we get a, a dream from God, we have a choice in front of us. We can either run away from it or we can run toward it or run with it. 
What are we doing today? As a community of faith, do we see the vision that God has for us? And are we running with it? Or are we running away from it? I find that in our culture today, we are at in such a rapid pace of change. I was listening to a podcast the other day that was saying that change is happening so quickly in our culture now that our ability as a human species to even adapt to it is becoming near impossible. Every time we get to a change and we figure out a way to make that change, just as soon as we've figured out that change, something else happens. And does anybody else feel that way about their life or about their technology? Things are constantly changing and it feels like this constant exhaustion just to keep up. And when we get to those moments of change, when we get to them, we're so exhausted that by the time we get to them, we don't really know if we want to run with it. We don't really want to know if we want to go that direction because when is it going to change again? Part of God's vision is not one of constant change, but instead of a God that is constant in the midst of a world that is changing. God's long view, God's vision is not one about constant change, but instead about a vision that lasts not just our generation, not just this church, but all generations. It's a longer view. It's a bigger view than any of us could possibly ever imagine. What does it look like to us to run with the vision? So over the last um, several months. I've been here since July. I have been uh, doing a little bit of observation. I've been doing a little bit of conversation. And if you came and met with me during August, I did these things called meet the pastor where, you know, I, I made it sound like you were coming to get to know more about me, but really I was hoping just to get to know more about you. And what about your dreams for this community are? And here's what I've learned over the last couple of months while I've been here that I want to share with you today that I think is God's vision for this community. The first is this. This community has a deep faith and deep love for God. There is a deep love for God in this place and in this space. You see it in worship. You see it in the way in which our community worships together. You see it in the way in which you are engaged not only in the sermon, but you dive into the scriptures during the week. So what does it look like for us to make that a part of who we are outside of Sunday morning even further? Where are you connected? Where are you diving into your faith outside of Sunday morning with our community? What we believe as a community of faith is that discipleship is not something we do alone. It's something that we do together. So I'm going to have an opportunity at the end of October. I'm going to be doing a book study by um, Sarah Bessie. It's a book called Out of Sorts, How to uh, Make Peace with an Evolving Faith. And it is a great book, but I would love for you to come join me on Wednesday nights. If you are looking for a way to dive deeper into your faith and to live into this part of the vision, I would love for you to come join me. It's going to be a great time for our community. The second thing that I've noticed that I believe is part of the vision is that we are an invitational culture. We are welcoming. We not only have opening doors, but we want and have a spirit of invitation as part of us. I believe that we are hardwired for connection. And what you see when you come into this place is people who are connected to one another. 
What I learned as I first came here was that it did not take me long to get to know people because you are invitational and you are connectional as a community together. That's God's vision for this community. For us to be invitational. That whether it is at work or in our family or with our friends, that whatever is going on here in this community is so important to us that we can't help but invite and talk about it with those outside of these walls. Finally today, the question that continues to be on my mind and on the heart of this community is where does our community at large, where does Plano, the city of Plano, need us most? I've often learned that when someone went and started a new town or village, do you know what they built first? They built a church. Because it's the church that builds the school. It's the church that builds the hospital. It's the church that brings in the other people who are bringing in and providing food. The church is the place of connection. The church is the place that builds and fosters community. And the question for us today is, if we ceased to exist as a church today, would our community notice? Would our community be aware of it? Thanks be to God, I believe the answer is yes. But for the modern worship community, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us to partner with Sigler Elementary School, which is the church, or which is the elementary school that we started in 50 years ago before we had a building? What does it look like for us to partner with the University of Texas at Dallas and the Synergy Wesley Foundation and those college students who are grappling with their faith and who are learning and growing in those college years? What does it look like for us to see a need in our community, whether it is disaster relief or recovery, or whether it is hygiene kits or pajamas? What does it look like for us to see that need and know as a community that that is ours to do? That that is our place because that is who we are. We are a community of deep love for God. We are a community that is invitational and welcoming We're a community that is constantly looking for the needs of the community around us. That is our vision. That is who God is calling us to be. What I hope and pray for our community of faith together is that as we begin to talk about this vision, that we write it down, that we start to put it in front of us, and that this isn't just a vision for today, but that these words... As we write them down, these words, as we read them, as we get to know them, as we get to know a strategy around getting to know God's vision fuller, is that they grow legs. That they send us out into the community and that God's dream is one that we cannot even fully see at this moment. But for today, that we see enough of it to want to be part of it. And we now and said, God is a God of the present and reveals to those who are willing to listen carefully to the moment in which they live and the steps they take toward the future. God is a God of the present, willing and able to speak to us now so that we can walk into the future. We stand at the watch post. We stand and we look at the long view. 
And we ask God, where are you leading us and where is my place in all of it? My hope for you today, my hope for me today is that we will simply say, yes, God, send me. Yes, God, I want to be a part of it. Amen.